We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls losing what was, without question, their biggest game of the season. Bulls fall to the Atlanta Hawks 123-105, a game where they started out flat. They sort of threatened to make a run in the second half, but... Just couldn't hit enough shots, couldn't get enough stops uh, to truly get back in the game. And it was essentially a wire-to-wire victory for Atlanta. Super disappointing for the Bulls for several reasons. First and foremost, Jason, this game, of course, had huge stakes in the play-in tournament. The winner of this game was going to be in control of their own destiny for the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference. The number eight seed gives you a big advantage in the play-in tournament because it lets you uh, have more margin for error. The way the play-in tournament works, seven plays eight, the winner gets the seven seed. The loser plays the winner of the 9-10 game. So the Bulls now most likely with three games left in the season will be in that 9-10 spot, uh, having to win a game, potentially a road game to extend their season uh, and then need to win one more just to force a first round matchup with the Bucks. Uh, so certainly there was a lot at stake at this game, Jason. Right before the tip off, Trey Young was ruled out. People were having fun online. I think Matt from Bloggable said he caught the IO flu because we know IO always performs pretty well against Trey. But, you know, without Trey, the Hawks looked pretty potent. Uh, their defense was better against the Bulls tonight in general. Uh, they had no problem scoring the ball. And more than anything, they pounded the Bulls on the glass. Atlanta finishing with 48 rebounds to 32 for Chicago. Uh, Another poor shooting night from the Bulls too, Jason. 7 of 31 from 3. That's what the Bulls finished, 22.6%. Meanwhile, the Hawks, 10 of 28, 35.7%. So, Jace, Bulls can't make a three-pointer. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Bulls 
little bit too small going up against bigger and more athletic lineups, uh, you know, playing three, four guards at a time for the most part, because that's the way this roster is built. Super disappointing, Jace, but I would be lying if I said it was surprising. Uh, (laughs) The Bulls, this is this is the team they've been all season, uh, despite a nice little second half surge here following the All-Star break, but uh, just not enough to beat a very average, very mediocre Hawks team tonight playing without their best player. Yeah, the Hawks, you talk about their mediocre and very average. They've got some stretch of I can't remember how many games of uh, either at 500, one game over, one game under. And they had I think they're like point differential is like right at zero. Uh, I think they're like they were like 500 against both like the East. It was some like stuff. We're just like they're like the most mid team in the league. We've we've made we've joked about the Bulls being that it's actually the Hawks. And yeah, no Trey Young, no DeAndre Hunter. Uh, And this is coming off a game where uh, Bulls. The vibes were good after the Memphis game this weekend where they go down 23 points. They looked it looked lost in the first half. And then they play maybe their best half of basketball in the second half against Memphis. They come out and win the third quarter, like 40 to 16. They run away uh, or in the fourth quarter, Memphis kind of threatened again. And then Zach Levine just shut the door with some sick. I think he crossed up Jaron Jackson Jr., a sick finish. And the Bulls ended up winning that game by 20. They were down 23. They won the game by 21. Uh, against a good Memphis team. I know Memphis has not been good on the road, but uh, the Bulls kind of did their thing where they forced a shit ton of turnovers. The Grizzlies had like 16 turnovers or something like that in the second half. Bulls won 31-0 in points off turnovers. Crazy stuff, crazy turnaround. So it's like, all right, Bulls fans, again, I'm not never not going to hop in and like, oh yeah, like I believe the Bulls are like going to go on some big run or anything, but like, all right, eight seed maybe is there for the taking. And you look ahead in this Atlanta game, Atlanta, Mid-team, you learn that Trey Young is out. DeAndre Hunter's out. It's like, all right, you're at home. You got this big game ahead of you. Big game, quote-unquote big game. As big as the game as the Bulls could, could basically have this season. Big opportunity here to basically, as you said, take take control, get in the driver's seat for, for that eight seed, and just you, you lay a total egg. As you said, from the very beginning, they were down 13-2, to two, like a few minutes into the game. They were down 20 uh, late in the sec- in the second quarter. Then they did threaten a bit. They cut that to 12 with the NATO run at the end of the first half. They got within, I think, six or seven a few times. Uh, they And they had so many opportunities in that third quarter because it started to look like the Memphis game again. Bulls start finally trying defensively. Because that first half, they were so bad. There was no ball pressure. They weren't forcing turnovers. Hawks were getting into the paint at will and just getting shots easy. And then third quarter, start ramping up the pressure. The Hawks are turning it over both forced and unforced, but the Bulls just could not make enough shots to cut into that lead enough. You mentioned they were what whatever they were from three. It was not good. Seven of, what the hell, I have this number, seven of 31. Yeah, brutal. It's tw- under 23%. Uh, we saw a bunch of guys missing good look, key good looks across the board. It wasn't only anyone. Guys, Zach was only one of seven today. Zach had a pretty good game, but only one of seven from three. Kobe was 0 of 4 from three. Kobe had a lot of energy in this game, and he made a little difference in the second half, but missed all his threes. Pat missed a few good looks in the during that stretch. DeMar missed, I believe, several corner threes during that stretch. So kind of across the board, no one was hitting three-pointers. And what should have been, the Bulls could have taken control in that game like they did in the Grizzlies game. They were still down 10 going into the fourth, and they were never able to reel them back. Uh, Atlanta just kept scoring in the paint. I think they had over 60 points in the paint, just completely dominating the Bulls inside. Dejounte uh, Murray had a pretty nice game. Jalen Johnson off the bench, youngster, a uh, lot of athletic plays. 
from him. He had 16 points off the bench. Kongu had 11 points, and he had some really nice blocks. Uh, just a team effort from that. Capella had some big baskets down the stretch. Sadiq Bay, 18 points. So a team effort from them without Trey, and the Bulls' defense just was not there, uh, which is really disappointing given the Bulls have been one of the best defenses in the league. We've talked about their defense all season, how we've never really thought it's legit, but I mean, we're coming down. There's three games left and the bulls are like a borderline top 10 defense. And they've been one of the best defenses in the NBA uh, since the trade for a while now, but there's just been a few of these games lately where there's not enough pressure and like they're able to turn it up and we've seen them. They're forced turnovers and going the other way, turning defense into offenses really helps them when they can get out in transition. But again, first half, there was none of that at all. Such a low energy first half. They started to do it in the second half, but they couldn't make threes. We saw them miss a couple layups. Patrick Beverly had picked, I can't remember whose pocket he picked. And then he just fucking blew the layup. Uh, we saw a couple of those just missed layups at the, at the basket. Uh, great, great opportunities getting back in the game. And then the Hawks just kind of ran away with it in the end. It's an 18 point loss. Uh, just super disappointing. But as you said, as you said, not that surprising given how this season has gone. Uh, just it's obviously been a very disappointing season, even with as well as well as they've generally played lately. But even with them, I mentioned this on Twitter after the game. If you look at the games recently that where they've actually like played teams that are trying to win, there's this game where they get punked. The Memphis game, they had a great second half, but the first half was obviously ugly. The Lakers game was atrocious. Uh, the Lakers basically owned them. That Clippers game, they got blown out. They did win that other Lakers game uh, in L.A., but that was like a weird LeBron coming back off the bench. I feel like the Lakers were it was just a weird, and then like a matinee in L.A., weird stuff. And then that Sixers game where they were down 23-2. to two, So like, especially at home lately, some really just low energy starts at home. I mean, just let's, let's nail it down to the home games. That Sixers game, they go on 23 to 2. Um, the Lakers game at home, they were down 27 to 10. Yet against Memphis, they were down 23 in the first half. Tonight, they're down 13 to 2 right away and down 20 in the first half. That's a string of home games against teams that are trying. I don't even know if they've even played any of their home games because they've played a few, like the Blazers and Hornets who aren't trying to win games. So, like against in these competitive games lately, that getting behind early getting down big early and like while they came back against Memphis and they did come back against the Lakers too, they still ended up losing that game pretty handily. You just can't get in those holes and you're fucking falling down 20 points, especially in your home court. There's just no excuse for that. Uh, and it's, it's disappointing. And while they have played better, it still looks like it's going to be the 10 seed. Uh, you mentioned the standings. They're now two back of both Atlanta and Toronto with three games left. They play at Milwaukee tomorrow night. We'll assume that's a loss. We'll see. Milwaukee did play tonight, too. They might rest, guys, because I think... Actually, Milwaukee legit might rest, guys, tonight, because I think they're now pretty firmly in the number one seed, so they might actually rest some guys tomorrow. Either way, they're like, both coming back from two back, um, and now with the tiebreaker stuff, losing this game kind of fucks that all up. So, like, it's not totally locked in just yet, but it, the Bulls will probably be the 10 seed, and that's... It was funny because after that Lakers game, that's where we said they were probably going to be. And then they win and then they they beat whoever was Charlotte and then they win this Grizzlies game. And we talk ourselves into the eight, embrace the eight, and they come out and lay this fucking eight tonight. Really brutal stuff, Ricky. Yeah, man. Rough game for sure. Uh, at the start of the broadcast, Casey Johnson said a, tra- a stat that I had been like somewhat keeping track of over the course of the year, that the Bulls were third in the NBA in field goal percentage. Yep. Uh, but in offensive rating, Jason, the Bulls are 23. How do you possibly <laughs> have the third best field goal percentage and still be 23 in 
uh, in offense. And it's not because of turnovers, because the Bulls are top 10 in the league at limiting turnovers. You said earlier that the Bulls are a borderline top 10 defense at the end of the season. They entered this game at number five. Yeah, basically five, I said, five yeah borderline top five. I wasn't sure exactly yeah. where they were, but certainly not um, tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't know. I, to me, it just comes back to the Bulls not being able to consistently stretch the floor enough and not being big enough. Like, I do wonder how much of the roster construction ties to Billy Donovan's lineup preferences. We know when he was in Oklahoma City, he had so much success running three guards with Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, Shea, Gilgis Alexander. And when you watch these Bulls lineups, it's like, okay, you have Pat, who's the only forward-sized guy who can stretch the floor. Like, it's tough to play uh, Derek Jones with, Vooch or with Drummond because you just don't have enough floor right. spacing then yeah. typically. But there's just like not enough forwards on this roster. And I just wonder, like, does Donovan have anything to do with that? In general, I thought this was kind of a bad Donovan game. Like I can say that, right? You got to have the team prepared to play in the biggest game of the season, and they fucking get down 13 to 2. Patrick Beverly was getting torched by Bogdanovich at the start of this game. It would have been very easy to call a timeout at the 10 minute mark or something and put in Patrick Williams. Uh, but Billy let him stay out there. They, he let the whole lineup stay out there, kept on uh, the team's regular rotations. And I just thought that that was a mistake because this was such an important game. And you can't be coaching it like it's any other game. I mean, you're getting run off the floor to start the game. Okay, try something new. Don't just keep running it out there. And then he blows the challenge in the first quarter on a block uh, block charge call called on Caruso. It was a second foul. So I think that's mostly why he did it. He yeah. didn't want Caruso to get foul trouble. And honestly, the first thing I thought is that Billy usually ends the game with his challenge in his pocket. So... <laughs> Uh, if they could get this one reverse, I guess it's better than what they normally do. But still, like you don't you don't challenge a call like that in the first quarter. And Caruso ended the game with three fouls, uh, only played 19 minutes. But just I thought that, you know, Donovan probably deserves to catch some flack in this game just because they came out so flat. And the first thing I looked up, Jason, while they were getting their teeth kicked in to start this game was what is the Bulls first quarter net rating? Where do they rank? Uh, in the NBA in first quarter net rating, it's eighth in the entire league. It's shocking because it seems like <laughs> they've gotten out to bad starts most of the year, but so many times the starters got out to bad starts and then the bench sort of yep. got them back into it. Yep. But on the first qu quarter buzzer sounded. So uh, just super disappointing. And uh, it really sort of, it makes it seem like that the Bulls, what, are going to play the Raptors now on the road in Maybe the Hawks. 10 Yeah. The Raptors do Raptors do have Boston a couple times and then Milwaukee to finish the year. So we'll see how they finish. Um, Adam Amin said yeah. on the broadcast today that the 10 seed has never won in the playing tournament. Now, that's only been the case two years in a row uh, in both the East and the West because the playing tournament in its current format started ahead of the 2021 playoffs. But is Pat Bev going to jump on the table if the Bulls make history as the first 10 seed to win a game in the playoffs? Let's go. Let's do it. We'll Bev, Patrick Bev has that playoff streak going, right? He's never missed the playoffs in his career. So uh, a, lot, a lot on the line there. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I mean, just look at this box score today. Like th- today was a pretty bad Demar game. Twenty-one points, seven to seventeen shooting. He missed those couple of those open threes I mentioned. He was doing a lot of complaining. He was not happy with the refs. Uh, kind of ba- trying to bait for fouls a lot. Just not a great Demar game. Bev ended up with eleven points and did hit three of seven threes. But you mentioned the terrible start. Hawks were not guarding him at all. And the broadcast was talking about this. Just like they're packing the paint and just letting Beverly shoot threes and they won again he did did end up going three for seven because he hit like i think his last two of them but he started i think like one of five and again they were just giving him wide open looks they just weren't even trying to guard him that's brutal caruso had zero points i could get in the foul trouble he just never really found it uh it wasn't just in caruso did get pulled in the last like five minutes after he did had a few nice stops on Dejounte murray but again he just never really had much of an impact like he usually does i mean pat had a pretty nice game off the bench 15 points he was aggressive early had some nice uh, some nice moves off the dribble, so that that was at least nice to see. But uh, he did hit a three also late in the game. But so a fine pad game, another let me remember low rebound game. But two steals, two blocks is nice. He made some nice defensive plays. Uh, rough one for Kobe outside of like one stretch of play. So it's kind of across the board. It's like not not that much to really be excited about here. Like Vooch had a decent game. Zach had a decent game, but he didn't shoot well from three. Uh, Zach. Something about Zach, he's like, I'd have to look up his numbers. I know this has been a big talking point about how he looks explosive again, but uh, he is just like, his drives are almost unstoppable. Like, so he was blowing past Murray a few times, and it just seems like he never m- misses layups anymore. I feel like, uh, there have been times in the past when Zach, whatever, especially when he was injured, like didn't have the explosiveness, would get blocked at the rim a lot. Now, I mean, he gets ahead of steam. He's finishing a layup 
Uh, and his efficiency on two point shots and especially at the rim has been absolutely insane. And it was again today, he was 10 of 14 on twos, uh, was and a bunch of just drives and finishes against, against contests. Uh, but still overall, again, only 105 points. They shot at only 46% today. So that's pretty below their average seven to 31 of three is brutal. Uh, you mentioned the stats about how the Bulls generally have been great field goal percentage wise because they shoot so well from two. Tomorrow's a mid range maestro. Zach has been killing it in, in the paint. Vooch has been good this season, uh, but the offensive rating still sinks. I think it was a, like a week or so ago. I tweeted out about how like the Vooch, Demar, Zach trio, like they've played the most minutes of any three man trio in the league this year. Uh, but the net rating is basically right around zero because the offense just hasn't been good with them on the court, despite in their field goal percentage being great. And like those three guys having great seasons, but when they don't get offensive rebounds, they don't shoot enough threes. Uh, and that's how their offensive rating, despite having those three guys having really good individual seasons is so mediocre to below average. Uh, cause I think it was something like one, tw- around one twelve was their offensive rating together. I'd have to check again now. I don't know if, how much has changed. They obviously had a huge second half the other night, but, uh, it's still whatever. It's certainly can't be that much better. So after over like 16 or 1700 minutes, whatever they've played together, their offensive rating would rank in like the twenties, uh, those three guys in the court, despite them having a good, such a good individual seasons and just the roster construction and just the way that they're built and the way they play, uh, it just the math problem comes up every time. The math problem was not really the issue tonight. They obviously missed a bunch of threes, but uh, the Hawks don't take many threes either. They were ten of twenty eight, so they the Bulls took more threes, but the Hawks made three more. The, just the Hawks shot fifty six percent from the field because they were they were getting layups left and right. Bulls point of attack defense just stunk for most of the night, outside of a few stretches where they were able to force some turnovers, but uh, giving up a lot of layups and dunks to guys they shouldn't have really been giving up a lot of layups and dunks to. So really disappointing game again for the Bulls and. Talk, talk, looking ahead at this plan, I had someone ask me on Twitter, who would you rather play in the in this, if, assuming it is the 9-10 game, Hawks or Raptors? I would rather play the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks, I think, have more parts of the team that you can just, like, find an advantage against. The Raptors are just annoying as hell to play against with all that length. And they have been better lately, too. Defense. Yeah, in, you know, just adding Pirtle just gives them yeah. you know, more size inside and sort of fortifies them in the middle. So I'd much rather play the Hawks, I think. But and I've talked about how I mean the Raptors. I have the Raptors. Raptors are twenty six and fourteen at home this season. Um, their their point differential is plus one point six. That's better than the Bulls. They have been much better lately as well since getting Pirtle. Um, they're just annoying. We talk, we always talk about how annoying the Raptors are playing. The Hawks would be annoying too if Trey tries to pull his bullshit. But the Bulls have had a lot of success against Trey Young in the past. They have guys that they can throw at him with Caruso, with Bev, with Io that they can kind of annoy him. And if they do annoy him enough, that could be enough to get you a win in a game like that. Obviously, again, it does seem like the Bulls will have to go on the road to win one of these games uh, to win that 9-10 game. But we've seen them beat both of these teams. Uh, so you're probably right that the Hawks would be a little I'd give them a slightly better chance because they've just been so mid all year and you can attack. Also, you can attack Trey's defense, um, but they do have they do have a, if they are all healthy, like they've been pretty decent. At least they're like starting lineups been pretty decent when they have Trey Murray. If Hunter's back, they have John Collins, who is totally invisible tonight, by the way. And then 
Capella off the bench. They got a Kongwu, a few decent players, but the Raptors have been much better, as you mentioned, and they have Siakam. They got some veteran guys who've been there, won, cha- won a championship, Fred, Siakam, Scotty Barnes. They got a young, good young player in Scotty Barnes. OG's been really good lately. Uh, so it would be a tough game. It would be a tough game probably either way. Um, annoying game probably either way again. Annoying was the Raptors, just the way they play. Annoying against the Hawks because watching Trey try to foul bait would probably be super annoying. And if he starts going on his bullshit, like it'd be annoying to lose to that. But um, at this point, again, the Bulls are probably going to end where they where really they should have been. And after all all this, ending in the 10 seed probably is right. Although like, their point differential has gotten up over one. Their point differential is at plus 1.2. And, and that's better than Atlanta. That's better than Miami. The Heat are 42 and 37 with a minus 0.7 point differential because they've played a million clutch games this season, but they've won enough of them to get to 42 wins. Brooklyn, the Bulls have a better point differential than Brooklyn, who's 43 and 36, uh, who's could, I guess, the Brooklyn and, and Miami still are kind of fighting it out for six and seven. That's still to be decided. So, uh, so that, that that's at least something to watch for the Bulls if they win that first play in game. Because right now it, it would be Heat Hawks in that game. But if the Heat get up to six and the Nets drop, like, uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out if the Bulls are able to come out of that first play in game. But for right now, again, looks like they're, they're it's going to be nine, 10, and, uh, probably just where they should be given how this season has played out and kind of where the bulls have been credit. I guess we can kind of credit the bulls kind of a little, a little bit for whatever they haven't mailed it in totally. They've obviously, they have played better since the all-star break. I mean, you look at just a lot of the numbers, their defense has been good. Their net rating in general has been great. They've mostly taken care of business against shitty teams. Uh, I can say the Hawks are shitty, but like tonight was, tonight was a game that was kind of more reminiscent, reminiscent earlier in the season when, uh, it seems like you have a chance to string together some wins, get a, have a bit kind of big stakes here, and you lay the eggs. And now with this loss, the Bulls now officially have will have gone the full season, no four game winning streaks. There are only three games left, so they can cannot go on a four game winning streak. Well, I guess like technically they, they could win the last three and win a play in, but in the regular season, no four game winning streaks this whole regular season. It just speaks to just the lack of consistency. They can't consistently put together enough good games to go on an actual run. And it's just been, it's been a frustrating thing to watch all season and we've lamented it all season. And here we are again, 38 and 41, three games to play 41 and 41 is still alive, but we got at Milwaukee tomorrow. We'll see if they rest guys. We'll see what happens with the Mavericks. Uh, The Mavericks as as disappointing as the bulls are. The Mavericks are even more disappointing trade for Kyrie Irving. And it looks like they're not going to make, make it in the plan. Um, big game. If OKC beats the Warriors tonight, it's a close game right now in the first half. Like that might be it for the the Mavs, basically. But um, we'll see if they if like Luca and Kyrie play in that game, and then the Bulls end the season, I believe, against the Pistons. And the Pistons are like one on like one in their last like twenty or one in twenty one, and they almost did beat the Bulls with that big comeback a few weeks ago. But uh, we'll see. The Bulls will probably. At this point, that I would guess they whatever they'll probably lose one more game. They'll probably finish forty and forty two or whatever, something like that. But we'll see. Uh, but again, most likely it's gonna be the ten seed. I really don't have anything else. You got anything else to say about about the Bulls here? I think that does it. I'm going to New York this weekend, taking a little post March Madness vacation. Nice. Going to hang out with friends uh, for a few days, so I am going to miss. Those last two Bulls games, I'll probably catch up and rewatch them. Uh, but 
when I come back, Jace, the playing tournament, playing tournament, set. baby. Yeah. The Bulls have officially qualified for the playing tournament. Yes, They're they have. We didn't even mention that. They are in. Yeah. The Magic's lost tonight. So, uh, reminder if the Bulls lose in the playing tournament and do not qualify for the playoffs, they are in the lottery. And as of the moment after the loss tonight, the Bulls have the 11th worst record in the NBA, or they are tied with the Oklahoma City Thunder for that. So they would have about an 8% chance uh, to land in the top four. So if the Bulls don't make the playoffs, the odds are pretty slim. They jump into the top four and keep the pick. Uh, There were some rumblings this week from Casey Johnson that maybe the Bulls could accept or, you know, the Portland Trailblazers would be willing to send the Bulls the Knicks first round pick uh, in exchange for their own first round pick, because that would just open up more avenues for trades this summer because of the Portland needs rule. Yeah. The pick the Bulls are owed. Portland is unable to uh, make an offseason trade involving future draft picks. So that would be great. If the Bulls could get that pick right now, it's slated for number 23. I'm skeptical Portland's actually going to agree to that, despite what everyone thinks, because they hired Mike Schmitz, the ESPN <laughs> draft guy. He's so good. Uh, you would think that, you know, with someone like that in the front office, you're going to want to take a stab at trying to land a really good player in the 20s in the draft. But we'll see. I'd love if the Bulls could get a pick in this draft. Yeah, the Blazers are just in that weird spot because... It's like they're not going to they're probably not going to trade Dame unless he tells them to. And is he going to do it? I mean, he's been just the whole not running from the grind. I'm loyal to Portland this whole time. But like they stink and they're tanking the rest of the season. Uh, But he wants them to be aggressive. But like they can't be that aggressive when they don't have draft picks to trade. Like they do have whatever shade on sharp Simons. You could trade Nurkic. You could trade. But like, what are you getting with that? With like legitimate help if you just don't have any draft capital to trade so like maybe they do maybe like if they're if they're trying to work out anything big like maybe they they do work out something with the bulls so they can open up just the, the draft their draft assets to trade that would be it's something the bulls should definitely look into given it looks like they probably will not have their pick obviously as you mentioned they got some slim odds to keep it um and we'll see about that road but yeah have fun in new york though uh obviously just, as you mentioned march madness uh, just wrapped up UConn with one of the more dominant uh, runs NCAA tournament runs we've seen all six wins by double digits uh, the women's tournament was probably much better than the, the men's tournament uh, sp- the, certainly the final the final four was great on the, with the women's side obviously with uh, with LSU beating Iowa and the Caitlin Clark Angel Reese stuff and all that fun stuff and all the trash talk police fuck those people let them let them do their talk, their shit, because they can all back it up. And it was a, that was a lot of fun to watch. And the ratings backed it up. Almost 10 million people or 10 million for that for that women's national title game. Uh, and obviously, again, props. To, so props to LSU, props to Caitlin Clark for a run, props to UConn uh, and those other, the men's team. So, yeah, again, we got one week, less than one week left in this bowl season now. Ricky's going on vacation and then it's playing time, baby. So. Here we go. The bull season is probably going to end in the next week or two. All right, we'll see. It could end in a week. If they do get in the playoffs, it'll be against probably the Milwaukee Bucks uh, again, and they'll probably get wiped out again. So it's either going to end probably again, either in a week or so, or in like two or three weeks, whenever that first series ends. And maybe they steal a game again or able to push it. But 
Um, it's shaping up to not what we wanted to see in terms of a possible playoff match. We were hoping they could maybe get to eight and maybe get to that seven spot and maybe play the Celtics. But again, looks like 10 for the plan. And if they somehow get through that, then it's the Milwaukee Bucks staring in the face again. So woo. Great. Whatever. Uh, it's been a long bowl season and, uh, Ricky, you deserve a nice vacation after this bowl season and after all your hard work during March madness. So let's wrap it up here. On this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network with the NBA playoffs coming up. Great pods all across the Blue Wire Network. I believe we just, Blue Wire just added a few pods. Um, I think we got, uh, I think Anthony Irwin's Lakers pod, I think is part of Blue Wire. Now. I think Anthony Kirk, Irwin. Yeah, I think Kirk Henderson's Mavs pod came here. because Those were guys who are at SB Nation. I guess we got to give a shout out to our guy, Matt. Bloggable Matt is, has gone independent um he's on Substack now so go check obviously if you if you love bloggable and you love what we've done at bloggable over the years go check out blog the bloggable Substack. we're gonna have to have matt on we were trying to have him on today but unfortunately he wasn't able to join us but we'll have him on at some point here uh maybe heading into whatever the postseason or after the season's over we'll get him on to get his we always love having our guy matt on so um but for us here at cash uh, as always, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. Um, you could. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those places wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SB underscore Ricky. So once again, Bulls got three games left. We'll see how it goes. Looking like the ten seed. And this has been Cash Considerations H Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.